Hello, people out there. Hi, Nana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Can't believe that we're in May, but, you know, we're here. <laughs> we are here. The year is just running by. We're just getting yeah. old quickly. <laughs> it's a blessing, I keep telling you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we are on episode five, and the title of this episode was No Ifs, Ands, or Buts. Not quite sure why or how they came up with this title because the whole episode was more about deal breakers. Yes. And I would have thought, like, you know, they would be more clever about it. But, I mean, I get the butts part was about the cigarettes. Um, In this episode, Carrie... And then also about um the chef, what Samantha says to her, even though we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. So in this episode, it's basically Samantha tries to date a black man. Um, Charlotte is dating a bad kisser. Miranda um, learns how to support a partner when you have a boyfriend. And Carrie is introduced to Aiden here and has to make the choice between him or her cigarettes. Um, How did you feel about the episode? Okay, what did I think about? There were some parts I liked, but there was one storyline I hated and it kind of colored everything for me. So I just really hated the whole black dating a black guy storyline. I just couldn't stop rolling my eyes and I just kept thinking this was clearly written by white people. And they just colored everything else. But I kind of like the other storylines thinking about it now because all I could think about was some actor storyline. But at least she was given a storyline so you know what that that was that so I have mixed feelings about this episode that's all I'll say what did you think of it I really like this episode I will go on on a limb and say that this has been the best episode so far on season three um I agree with you that there was a little bit of eh regarding you know the black storyline mm-hmm. but I feel like a broken record where I always say 20 odd years ago Navigation is not the same, and it was just kind of cringy. We've come across a lot of topics that, you know, did not hold up well. This did not hold up well, but barring that, it was exciting to see Samantha have an actual meaty storyline that didn't seem like a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, They each had relatable storylines, and everything made sense. And like we said, the best episodes are always when they're together together. And also, I didn't even realize we met Aiden. I keep saying this early, but there's only six seasons. When else, when else, Tane, is this going to happen? So, um, yeah, so it was, it was exciting. And, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, with Aiden, I was really happy to see him. Because this is one of those things I was like, I wonder if I like Aiden as much this time around. Because, again as we all know I haven't rewatched it since it first came out and I used to love him so I'm kind of excited to see if I'm still gonna love him or yeah. looking at it with adult eyes I'm gonna think differently about him so we'll see yeah I'm excited okay so we start the episode with Carrie telling us that people risk the horror of a first date the reason why people are willing to risk the horror of a first date is the possible magic of a goodnight kiss at the front door. I know it's early, but I just wanted to ask you, I agree with Harry describing first dates as a horror because I just think, first of all, I think dating is a nightmare. First dates are just a, a, a nightmare, nightmare. But yes. I know that I, there's a lot of people in my life who actually enjoy dating. So I was going to ask you, how do you feel about 
dating and especially first dates? Do you know what? I hadn't dated traditionally for so long. And then all of a sudden I went on a lot of dates in like kind of a short period of time. So I kind of consider myself a bit of an expert. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, after you get over the first one, like, you know, when you haven't dated for a while, then you kind of jump back in. After the first one or two, and because it went okay, it was kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. They were actually, it was easier after that, if it makes sense. Like my level of anxiety and being scared, like it all kind of went down after that because the first first dates I went on mm-hmm. <laughs> were like they all actually went pretty well I've had some really bad ones but I haven't have I, I can't remember the last time I had like a terrible date and I've been on some really good first dates but I still wouldn't say I enjoy dating I'll be very honest with you you just get tired of like people who can't hold a conversation so you have to do all the legwork and then talk about how many siblings you have. What do you like to do? I'm just like, oh, I don't have the energy for this again. <laughs> you know but, what if I mean? if, but if they've gone well, mm-hmm. doesn't isn't that taking out of the equation? Yes, but I'm just saying it gets to a point where it becomes draining because oh. you kind of feel like it's deja vu. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even if it's not like a terrible date. You just kind of get tired of explaining yourself to a new person. Yeah. So you do what I do, just stop dating. <laughs> okay. Again, but I went on like, yeah, I went on some good first dates, and yeah, we went on several dates after that. So, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been on some pretty good first dates. Okay. Cool. So we see Charlotte having one of those um, magical moments, but the guy starts licking her face like a dog. And all I could think was this had to be a nightmare of a scene to shoot because he is licking her face, like actually licking her face on there. I'm like, I know like they on TV and movie sets, they do how many takes of a scene. So I can't imagine all that licking that was going on. So the next thing we see is her telling the girls as we see them collectively go, ew, at the whole story. So Samantha is... (laughs) doing her one-liners, and he's like, I don't get it. Did he want to fuck you or floss you? I rolled my eyes. I'm like, I'm getting sick of these one-liners. And they're terrible. They are not funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I rolled my eyes, because they're just, like, they're ridiculous. Like, they're just Mm -hmm. making her say it, and it's like, why are you making this girl look like a fool? So Miranda's like, oh, bad kissers are the worst, and then Carrie agrees with her, like, they're the top of the worst, and the scary thing is that you can never tell beforehand whether you know, they're, whether they're bad kissers. And then I noticed, I'm not sure about this hair choice that they had for Miranda. I don't know if she had a wig or what they did, but she looked like a uh, Supreme, like, you know, for Diana Ross with how high that hair was. It was just like sitting up. I don't know if you noticed it. <laughs> they like to Miranda experiment. Miranda and her with- <laughs> Miranda, but why? Why are we doing this to her? So, um, I'll just say, uh, sorry, before you move on, I 100% agree. To me, like a bad kisser is definitely, (laughs) if we're talking about like more superficial things, we're not talking about character based things, I would probably put that as number one. I'm not even going to lie to you. Definitely top three. Yeah. So, I get it. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for me. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, Charlotte asked if they'll dump a guy because of a bad kiss 
And then Samantha is like, if their tongue's just going to lay there, what do you think their dick's going to do? You have to dump them because <laughs> um, I honestly don't even know the answer to this, but I feel like I agree with you, like with a kiss, especially since it's like the first date, because at least I know there are many variables, at least with sex. Like I feel like you could get better. You get to know each other's bodies or you teach or something, but with kissing, I'm like, can you teach someone to kiss better? I don't, I, I don't think so. What do you think? I've tried and it didn't work for me. <laughs> so and in my head, I was just kind of, it's so hard because men and their egos, you know, especially when they're already kind of cocky. Yeah. And it's like, how do you tell someone they're a bad kisser? And you'll be kind of trying to gently guide them <laughs> into kissing you better. And then sometimes you just have to straight up be like, oh, I like it when you do this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then some people just don't get it. And yeah, yeah. I feel like you can try. It depends on the person, if they're teachable. And honestly, some people just are not teachable. So, My conclusion was just, I've never had to teach someone to kiss, but I just don't think it's possible. But it led me down the rabbit hole of wondering, how do you think you can teach someone or make them to be better at sex, but not kissing? I feel if I drill down somewhere down the line, it'll make sense. But I just don't think you can teach someone how to kiss. But I think you can. I really do. I think you can teach someone to be a better kisser. Like, if someone keeps chewing on your bottom lip and you don't like it, you can be like, I don't like it when you do that. Or, hey, move your tongue more. <laughs> I think you can try. But it's just never not going to be awkward. Yeah, you can try. But I think the reason why I think is like kissing is so instinctive that mm-hmm. if by the time you're trying to think she doesn't like the bottom lip, she doesn't want the tongue here, she doesn't want, you're just going to mess up. Because it's just natural. So if your natural instinct is to lick the face or loll your tongue all around, I'm just not quite sure how you stop and remember and then follow the rules to kiss because it's just, you just do it. So yeah, that was my thought process. So Samantha tells her that, no, you have to dump him because a bad kisser is a non-negotiable. And Charlotte is like, no, she is not going to do that. And as she's doing that, there's a lady that comes out and she tells them to pipe down and then smiles. And we find out that they do know her. She was Carrie's newspaper's former food editor, but she's now a chef and owner of Fusion. This is a terrible name. It's so lazy, like just to come up with the restaurant name Fusion. But her name is... I like it's on brand for the 90s. I guess. <laughs> Very yeah. lazy. And we find out that she is called Adina Williams. And it was so nice to see a black woman on the screen. So her restaurant, which is Fusion, is trendy food meets soul food. And Carrie describes it as Martha Stewart meets Puff Daddy. So, which I found funny. The only reason I find it funny is like, you know, later, how many years down the line, we find that Martha Stewart is really close to Snoop Dogg. So it's not like so, you know, Mm far-fetched. And also funny that it aged them because they're calling him Puff Daddy. Right now, he's yeah. Diddy after many name changes. So I know, I know people who still be like, oh. look, he's Puffy for life. <laughs> um, yeah, because we just had a versus um, last week with um, Candy. Um, I said Candy. With um, Escape and SWV and Coco and SWV still called him Puffy. So yeah. everybody calls they're him whatever they want to call him. I've actually noticed all those celebrities that grew up with them, they're all still calling Puffy. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So she's saying hi to the ladies, and then her brother comes by, and you can see all the looks, especially with Samantha. We find out he's in the music industry, and Adina leaves them to go get dessert. Um, he, he asked Samantha if they hadn't met at a Columbia record party for J-Lo, and Samantha says no, but her firm handled it, but she'd remember if they'd met. He introduces himself as Siobhan Williams, and she gives him her card and asks that if he ever needed her for a party. He leaves, and Miranda is the first one to mention, oh, how cute is he? Samantha agrees that he is one fine-looking man, and she'd like to get her some of that. Charlotte jumps in there and is like, don't talk like that. You know. Honestly, I did not know. I don't know that she said anything that was bad. No, I noticed it. Because I would like to get me some of that is not in their vocabulary. She was putting on, like, a black scent. I, I oh is that what to, okay yeah so you know for, again when you're watching it with 2021 eyes for then I didn't mm-hmm. notice it at that point that that's mm-hmm. what it was that she was talking like that I thought she meant don't google a no. fetish kind of okay okay that makes sense yeah. and so, also I Siobhan for Sex and City I also agree that he's very handsome ridiculous jewelry and all <laughs> <laughs> Um, like toy jewelry sorry (laughs) it was just awful but yeah he's my type I just thought he was handsome (laughs) he is your type he's tall he's dark he's bald and (laughs) just didn't have a beard and Samantha tells Charlotte that she needs to relax with the knee-jerk liberal reaction that it wasn't black talk it was sex talk okay that makes all the more sense now (laughs) <laughs> and then Charlotte corrects her and says, no, it's African-American, not black. And she shouldn't be talking like that at all. Charlotte says that it's rude and not politically correct. And Carrie reminds her that Samantha, <laughs> that this is Samantha, that nothing about Samantha is politically correct. And Miranda is like, yep, she's an equal opportunity, opportunity offender. Samantha now says she doesn't see color. She sees conquest. And Carrie is like, and that's what I call affirmative action. And oof. That's uh, sorry, this episode pissed me off. I'm not even gonna lie. It Ugh. just had all the check, 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 tick boxes of everything white liberals say that they think is progressive. That just makes me roll my eyes every single time. And of yes. course, first is I don't see color. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> I yep. knew it was coming. Yes, it, it's true, it's true, it was, but again. The same things that I said at the top of the episode. And also, I'm trying to think, like, even when I watched it back then, I didn't particularly see anything wrong with it. So everyone's grown because I just didn't know any better. So the way I received it then is not the same way I receive it now. And I'd like to think that the writers wouldn't write it this way, Mm -hmm. um, you know, now. So Stanford, he's still alive, comes over to Carrie's and tells her that there's a beautiful man downtown selling beautiful furniture and they're going and I'm like the things you learn in a rewatch because before I watched this again I forgot or did not know that Stanford is the reason Carrie and Aiden met yeah (laughs) and it also made me laugh because Stanford was not kidding when he said his type is straight men because I don't understand why Stanford is always gunning for men that don't want him So Carrie is putting up a fight that she can't go and drop everything just because he asked her to. So Stanford shows her a picture and says, he's straight. And Carrie says, I'll get my purse. 
gosh, so easy. <laughs> so they get there and Stanford says, oh, wow, this place is full of baguettes and faggots. Oh. <laughs> Again, guys, we're, we're, we're running down through it, but we did mention at the top of the episode, it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. So they spot him, um, the furniture maker, and we are introduced to my second favorite guy on the series, Aiden Shaw. If you have not Who's been your favorite. Oh, I was about to say that. If you have not been listening, I've mentioned before that my favorite guy on the show is Steve. And Aiden is my second favorite. And Aiden is only second because I do remember that while he was a great guy and he was everything, Aiden did have parts of him that was quite annoying. And I know that they would annoy me. They annoyed her, but they annoyed me. But other than that, he was a stand-up guy and he was a great guy. But, you know, Carrie doesn't like people that are good to her. So, you know. Um, Carrie describes him as warm, masculine, and classic American. Stanford tells her to go get him and he's perfect for her. On the flip, while they're still talking, we get introduced to Marty Mendelssohn, who is gay, and Carrie tells Stanford to go get him. So they each go get their men. Eight, well, not quite, because Carrie's still standing there, and then Aiden's dog just goes straight to Carrie. And of course, you know, he comes over, they flirt, and then she lies that she didn't know that it was his store. But she tells us that as soon as she heard the lie, she knew that she was interested. I mean, you know, kudos to Carrie for a little bit of self-awareness. Like, you know, sometimes you lie to yourself and you lie to other people, but the key is admit that you're lying to yourself at least <laughs> when you're doing things. So they talk over one of his leather chairs. He makes her feel it. And Clary, Carrie blurts out, like, I'll take the chair. Carrie is so impulsive, and especially when she don't have no money. For someone that's broke, she's very impulsive. And then when she sees the price, um, Stanford is giving her a trick, like, just say you're a designer and you get a discount. So Aiden gives her a discount, and Carrie asks how soon he'll be delivered, and he says, at the end of the week. And Carrie says, in in, in New York lingo, that means I kind of like you, too. Aiden asks her where it should be delivered and if they can go to dinner. And she agrees. We switch over to Miranda and Steve. Miranda gets home and Steve is telling her so excited that he got selected to make the half court shot at the Knicks game next week. Miranda tells him, like, you know, in so many words, temper his expectations. And Steve is like, I don't think you know how good I am. And she's like, okay. So he asks her to come over to watch him shoot and to see how good he is. And she agrees. So we see Carrie and Miranda talking and Carrie's telling Miranda that she has a crush. Miranda says it's been a while, and at this age, she thinks that she's crush-proof. And Carrie asks her, well, what about Steve? And Miranda laughs like, oh, shit, I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot about him, and is that normal? So I wanted to ask about this. Like, I do think there's such a thing as crush-proof. I feel like there was a time in my life where I just hadn't had a crush in, like, forever i can't remember i feel like there was a certain age where i I had my last crush and then that was it how Mm. about you yeah i can't remember the last time i had a crush (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie i generally think it was like 12 years ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah i want to cross you know hey why not crushes are fun but (laughs) yeah it's yeah i'm also crush proof i think it's definitely a thing I'm laughing because I was literally talking to a friend last week and they were also saying how they can't remember the last time they had a crush. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a certain point where you get jaded, you date enough, and you're just like, I always say, like, I started dating at 13, you get to a certain age, like, man, you do something for so long, if it was a job, you get tired of it, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and then you just kind of just uh, even when you like somebody you're just like uh, whatever let's see how this goes <laughs> you know exactly I mean? the fight now becomes for you to not think how is this going to end because I got to yes. say that was my mindset I'll be like and I'll be like okay so how long is this going to be when is this going to end when are you going to show me who you truly are when you yeah. really don't want to do this anymore instead of like okay how can but you know what as much as we think there's a lot of people like that, there's still also a lot of people who are still, regardless of what age, that are boy crazy and yeah. who are still hopeful and still think, oh, my God, this is my husband. This is my honestly, I got to tell you, when I see them, I'm like, really? You still have that much hope? Could I think it's you? cute. Why not? You know, we'll say people who are always willing to jump into new things are the bravest people in the world. So I have respect for them. Why not? <laughs> so. Um, she tells Carrie how Steve thinks like he's going to win a million dollars and how he wants her to be supportive. And she said she would if it was a real dream, but this is silly. And then Carrie asks her, isn't that what couples do support each other's dreams? And Miranda is like, oh, you're talking to me about that. I thought that was funny. And then they ended that. Um, so we switch over to Siobhan and Samantha. They're out on a date, and he is with a whole bunch of rappers at a club, and somehow Samantha says she felt perfectly at home in his world in a few minutes, and in the next few hours, she felt perfectly at home with him in his home because they're in bed. So they wake up the next morning, and Samantha tells him that she doesn't usually sleep with men with nicer accessories than her, and asked him where he got his earrings. And he said, Tiffany. And this was such a weird scene. <laughs> what was the point of it all? <laughs> Sorry. I, I even have to go back. From when they were walking into the club. You had a random black girl going, uh-uh, girlfriend, get to the back. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Even at this time, you can't tell me that wasn't a stereotype, even in 2000. Because I was it just was. like, what the hell? It was giving me flipping Save the Last Dance Waves. Because I was just <laughs> like, what is this? It was. And then we cut to them in bed. And, of course, he's going to talk about his costume looking jewelry. And the way he said Tiffany is supposed to make you think that Samantha is implying that he's not as well off. And then he says Tiffany to show you that, oh, he's got his own money. He can look after himself. I feel like to me that was what the subtext was. Because otherwise, well, what was the point of that scene? You know? Yeah. yeah. And for me, I just went even further. I thought she was trying to imply that he made his money through other things like drugs or something. Like, how can you afford something like this i don't know again if it's the skepticism in me but that's where i was yeah. like then when he said it and it responded and i was like wait what was the intent of the scene i, I didn't get drugs because they've made it clear that he's like high up in a record company you know where yeah, she first met him yeah. yeah yeah i know i'm just saying like again it could be influenced by just i was just already going into this episode and this whole relationship with pesses being pessimistic Mm-hmm. And just ready for them to throw whatever stereotype or anything. So, yes, he said that he's in the music industry, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. That's why I said I went one step further and reaching because it was just, what was this? What was this supposed to imply? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, Carrie and Aiden are on her steps and she confesses to being a writer, not a designer. And then she lights up and he's just like, you smoke? 
And Carrie says, um, just a little. And then she tells us she heard the lie and knew that she liked him. But then Carrie being Carrie, who never stands up for what she wants in a relationship and lets it build and then it becomes a thing, tells him that if it bothers him, she'll just throw it away and she throws it away. He leans in to kiss her and then they start kissing, but then he stops and he's like, you know, I'm turned off by the cigarette smoke, I'm sorry. And Carrie, who never learns, tries to find an Altoid and she starts scrambling, looking for this Altoid, telling him to hold this while she digs into her purse. It was very cringy. But then he stops her and he tells her like, I don't want to be a jerk, but I cannot date a smoker. She seems actually really taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think like it's what? that it's not like he said I can't date someone who's a blonde or something. He said I can't date a smoker. It's a big That's deal. That's very fair. That yeah. is extremely fair. <laughs> so we see her at home and she's smoking and wondering when the dating scene became so dump friendly. What happened to when these things were part of a person's portfolio? And now I gotta tell you, these questions are getting dumber. Like before she had questions that made sense, but so far this season, all, all these things are just like, I like you're not a 12 year old girl. Like you mm-hmm. should know what this is. And then her question for the episode is in today's volatile dating market, is it wise to liquidate at the very first sign that they might not perform as well as expected? Or are there certain things that one should negotiate in relationships? What are the deal breakers? Bitch, just do what works for you. What do you mean? <laughs> but you know what? I actually, I have to say, I didn't hate the question because it made me think of modern dating. I can't. I wish I could remember what it was that like people. Someone was saying, "Oh, dating is hard nowadays because people like will quote unquote throw in the towel at the first sign of trouble. They don't stick it out anymore." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, because there's some things. If it's a hard line deal breaker for you, what's the point of like?" seeing if it'll get better when you already know from the beginning that is a problem I don't yeah. think you know what I mean yeah. and I do think smoking is like a big one big. to some people do you know what I mean yeah I don't think that's an unfair like I've dated a smoker before and before I'd be like oh I could never but I really 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 like this guy and it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it'd be to be quite honest with you just because he wasn't that kind of smoke or you know when you can like smell it seeping out of their pores yeah but um but it's not like I liked it but there were other things that to me that mattered more at the time yeah but I don't think it's unfair for someone to have smoking as a deal breaker I do think that's like completely understandable and like you're saying honestly anything can be an understandable deal breaker if you yeah. know that's not for you, it's not for you. It was something as dumb as, I don't know, they wear ugly shoes. Yes, it's superficial, but if it's going to keep you up at night and make you embarrassed to be seen with a person, then just leave them alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and exactly. someone who's on your level. Yeah, but I mean, I think the difference is, like, even with the ugly shoes, is the person the kind of person where if you bought shoes for them and they say, oh, you just buy shoes for me and I'll wear it, is that mm-hmm. a solution? Is there some, like, you know, there's a show, Married at First Sight, and we watch them and, like, oh, I can't do this a deal breaker. The house looks terrible. You know you can change furniture. You can't yeah. always change someone's character, but you can change furniture. You can change shoes. Yes. But the point, yes, everything, like, everyone has a deal breaker. In everybody, nobody's 100%. You are going to have to decide is this something I can live with? For some people, they can date people with kids because I can love them as my own. For yeah. some, I cannot 
date anyone with kids because I want to be number one. Your kids yeah. are always going to be first. I cannot do it. For me, my deal breaker is always, I cannot be with an atheist. But for some people, oh, as long as he lets me, you know, worship God mm-hmm. the way I want to or whatever, it's not for me. So exactly. you're just going to have to figure it out. I do think there's some deal breakers that are quote unquote more important and there's some that are way more superficial but again another person can't tell you that is superficial or dumb if it matters to you it matters to you (laughs) if I had like a thing like girl really you're gonna let this man go because of this but that's me personally like it doesn't affect me but if it affects you who am I to say and also another side note because Tane is too polite to say Tane has a wonderful podcast called Alter Call about Married at First Sight which you should also listen and subscribe to anyway let's go back <laughs> thank you now. <laughs> but I think like there are some cases where I could tell somebody and they say and I'll be like are you gonna let someone go because of this I'm sorry I, I feel like it is because one the one thing we can all agree on is the dating world is hard. It is very mm-hmm. hard to meet someone that you gel with. If I meet someone who has met five guys in a row and five times in a row, you broke up with them because their their hands were too small. Their feet had six toes or they had this receding hairline, but everything about them is great. And they meet everything that you need in your yeah. life. Yeah. Then at that point, you have to check yourself. And yes. be like, oh, what am I doing? So, so yeah, it is your deal breaker. But at some point, you have to sit, access yourself, and say, why are my deal breakers this? What yeah. is more important to me? Looking good I don't on think the gram? Not a serious person. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some people who are out there to look good on the gram mm-hmm. or to other people than the actual relationship. Because this mm-hmm. is the world we're living now. Yep. So nobody wants to go out. You might meet someone that is maybe shorter than you or larger than you usually like or something. And you're like, well, what are my people going to think when I go out there? If you're more focused on that, mm-hmm. then you have to ask yourself, am I ready? Yeah. <laughs> and some people never grow out of that ever. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Just be ready to deal with whatever consequences. If you're not finding anyone, because you can but I just be able to deal with the consequences of whatever happens. Mm-hmm. So we have learned that these women always give this man chances. So not surprisingly, we see that Charlotte is back with Brad and she wants to teach him how to kiss, but she fails. He licks her face again and she tells him, oh my God, you are bad at kissing. And he says, but kissing is my thing. I'm good <laughs> at it. <laughs> and it's like, He's good at it, and it Charlotte just looks at him with so much disgust, and they're like, she finally learned her lesson and walked away from him. Guys, this was an awful kissing. He wasn't kissing her. He was licking her face. Licking like her face, yeah. I don't know how any grown adult would think, but anyway, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, um, on the other side of town, Stanford is on his back on his date with Marty, and he's returning from their date, and they're kissing, and then Marty asks to move to the bedroom. They go to the bedroom and the bed is full of dolls. Dolls that he gleefully tells Stanford that he's been collecting for years. Stanford looks shocked. And then Marty, Marty's like, can you help me clear the bed? And then he starts telling him about all the dolls and stuff. And Stanford is just so shook. But that's where we leave them. And then we move over to Samantha and Siobhan again. They're at Fusion again. And Carrie tells us that, you know, um, Samantha is feeling like a queen tonight. Adina comes by and tells Siobhan that their Aunt Alice is leaving if he wants to pay his respects. 
which sounds like she just died, but I know what she meant. Like, just say hello. And Siobhan tells Samantha, oh, it's our favorite aunt, and I'll introduce you to her. And Adina is like, oh, no need. She's practically out the door. Just go say hi, and I'll sit and talk to Samantha. So Adina sits and asks Samantha, what's going on, you know, with you and Siobhan? Samantha's like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, you've been here like two to three times. Um, which to me, I'm just like, how boring. How do you go to the same restaurant all the time? Like, you're in New York. And also, before he left the table, he kissed Samantha and, you know, re- really tenderly, like someone that, you know, I'm proud to be out with this girl. Mm-hmm. Samantha's like, um, we're dating. Why? And then Adina is like so rude. She's like, uh, you're not just fucking. <laughs> and Samantha's <laughs> like, not that it's any of your business, but no, we actually like each other. Adina loses it. She's like, nope, you cannot. I don't approve. Like, yeah, you're nice, but you're white. And I have a problem with that. I'm never going to approve. And my opinion means a lot to my brother. So just save us all the trouble and get out now before anyone gets hurt. I have to say, the way Adina delivered it, she delivered it the with a white people style, with a smile, and even ends it with, I'll send over a Mississippi mud pie. But it's so unfortunate that this is the case because of all the men, I do feel like Samantha looked very comfortable with him and she's like yeah. in relationship mode. Like they clearly like each other and then yeah. during each other's time, they get along. Yeah, I don't know. I... I told you this was like save the last dance for me. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what it was giving me. That oh, you, you as a white woman, you can't come and take one of our black men. Blah blah blah. That's the vibe it was giving me. And I know some siblings are like very protective of like who this. And I, th- I actually think I am a bit. I mean, I don't want my siblings with people that I don't think are suitable. But it would be in a way that I would feel like it was harmful to them. It wouldn't be a matter of skin color. Like, if I feel like your partner, I don't know, is mistreating you or is a bum and is sucking, that's different. Then I would say something. But all of that, she just doesn't like Samantha because she's white. (laughs) That's literally the only reason that we can see right now anyway. And, yeah, I was just like, girl, like, get over yourself. But, yeah. It is. But I also think, like, it's complicated. Like, we are of the belief, because I agree with you, that I don't know that I would stop you know, my sibling's happiness because of simply just in the color of their skin. Like, you will have to be mm-hmm. maybe the color of your skin and you do this, you do that. I don't mm-hmm. think you're faithful. I don't think you're monogamous, blah, blah, blah. But on the flip side, I don't want to take away from, you know, we're both of African descent. Our own Black experience is different from maybe mm-hmm. the African-American experience. And maybe the African-American experience, there is a not natural, and again, I'm not speaking for everyone, just saying, like, you know, in general, there is a distrust of white people. There is a deeper hurt that is there. So maybe just the thought and is scaring her, and not to say that she's not being irrational, but to her, the same way, in the same vein of deal breakers, this is her thought process, like, Mm -hmm. you're not come in and dilute you know our family and bring in a white and then we have to work on eggshells like you just don't understand we'll talk about later in the episode where she makes some comments but you don't understand the struggle you don't understand certain things but again she hasn't given her a chance to even know if she is that kind of white, what kind of white person she is she yeah is her only problem with her is solely based on her skin color because yes. like you said like 
we're all black and I do think there is like there are lots of other issues when you date interracially yeah people can pretend all they like but there's so many factors and it's a lot harder there are cultural things that you don't get because even if you're not like African-American like and if you're African there's a lot of cultural things that just don't translate even to other Africans let alone to someone of a completely different race and everyone has their cultural things that is a challenge so it's everything's just going to be exponentially harder when you're an inter you're in an interracial relationship but from Adina all I can see she just doesn't like her because she's white that's all we can see so far do you know yeah but that's what it just makes me want to push back against it it's just funny because you just reminded me like you know if you guys haven't heard me say it I watch a lot of reality shows and the Real Housewives of Dallas they have just introduced uh an Asian woman into the mix. So they're having the reunion and she's always talked a lot about her relationship with her mother, being an immigrant and things like that. Any immigrant recognizes how a lot of immigrant parents are not exactly effusive with like, you know, the love and affection mm-hmm. and they're very strict about the education. And, you know, you know how white people are very funny about race and introducing an Asian person, everyone's on their toes. So she made a video not making fun, but doing a parody about her relationship with her mom and maybe not wanting to study. And her mom threw a slipper at her. Mm-hmm. Any immigrant knows that this is par for course in life. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. This white lady is saying that this is racist. That is it really true that your mom threw a slipper? It just seems like it's a lot. And, you know, the Asian lady's like, what? how is this being racist? Like, me an Asian person being racist Wait, against that's what I'm white. Saying, where's the racism in this? I'm so yes. baffled. <laughs> yes, and then the white ladies like many people called me about it, and we're like, what many people? Other white women. But anyway, my point was the way she was telling her like this is so strange. Why would anyone throw a slipper at you? Is just an example going to what you said about the culture, or even having to rally and having to send money home. There's a lot of you know the Western world where like why do you have to send money? Like we don't give handouts. Why can't they work? But we yeah. as immigrants know, like, sometimes you just have to step in. <laughs> yeah. So, just There's a layers. lot of things culturally that people yeah. don't understand. Like, there's some things in every family <laughs> that is normal in your family that you have to give people a crash course in when they want to be part of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of things about my family that people won't get unless <laughs> you're part yeah. of our family. Everyone has their own, like, family culture before you even branch out to, like, the country you're from, the the religion you're from, the economic background. You know what I mean? There's so much. And then when you add race to it, it's another factor that is going to make things more challenging. Like, we can't pretend. Yeah. Again, the girls are at, at this point, I think we've given up on trying to decide if it's lunch, dinner, brunch, because I'm sure it's brunch. They were drinking coffee. But Samantha is bitching to them that she can't diss her because she's white. They make note of the fact that Samantha says diss. And then Charlotte is like, maybe you should stop seeing him. Like, race is a big issue. Samantha says, don't bring race into it. He's a great guy. He's a great guy and we have great sex and he has the biggest. And then Charlotte chimes in and is like, yes, black cock, we know. Again, we've talked about this before where we feel like white women are the only one who use the word cock. Because... <laughs> Because, like, 
think they think they're in a romance no novel. But Samantha's like, no, I was going to say hard, but now that you're interested, yes, he does have a big black cock. And Miranda jokes and is like, no, it's African-American cock, right, Charlotte? Because Charlotte earlier had said, no, don't say black, say African-American. So Charlotte is like, don't make fun of me. My chin hurts. And then we see that her whole chin is red and bruised. And then she's like, he raped my face. I'm never seeing him again. I'm like, oof. Yeah, I I cringed at that line as well. Oh, Everything was just coming so thick and fast. Uh, that's what she said. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> and her face looked terrible. Like, yeah. oh, so it painful. Was. It was. So Samantha says that she's not backing down, and Carrie backs her up, saying she shouldn't have to sacrifice who she is. For example, with her smoking, he has to accept that you know people have to accept people for who they are. And Miranda's like, you're choosing smoking over a cute guy. And Carrie's like, eh, he's not that cute. <laughs> Miranda's like, he's cute enough for you to buy a couch. You can, a uh, chair you can afford. Um, by the way, Carrie's- $3,000 chair, but anyway. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say the price because Carrie's so irresponsible. But <laughs> Carrie's hair looked great in this scene. So Carrie was like, but for him to dump me like that over a little thing like smoking, Charlotte is like, you know, Charlotte was the MVP of this episode. She really was, was you know. <laughs> She was standing in. She's like, uh, smoking is not a little thing. That it is a dirty, disgusting habit and you're killing yourself. Like, really, Carrie, we all hate it, but we put up with it because we love you. And they all nod. And it actually answers my question because I've always wondered how do these women put up with that smoking like we had just talked about it last episode how carrie smokes everywhere and anywhere and no one seems to say anything so charlotte is like you have a reason to quit so quit carrie never wants to take criticism well suddenly is like i don't appreciate being ganged up on where is the gang up carrie where and then she's like smoking is a part of me and i'll quit when i want to and if i do it won't be because of some, it's not because some cute guy told me to, right, Samantha? Samantha is like, uh, no, honey. Fighting for Siobhan is one thing, but holding on to those nasty cigarettes, that's whack. I'm with Carrie. Miranda is like, again, I hope she just didn't say whack. She did. That's what I said, the whole scene. They had her in a black set. They really did. Just listen to the <laughs> things she was saying. I was just like, oh, girl. Anyway, like you said, this is the problem with being overwoke because you notice <laughs> everything told you I'm, I've given up I am not woke anymore but yeah so Carrie is the kind of person who will always call someone who she thinks will agree with her so she calls Stanford over they smoke together and she tells him this is all bullshit what's wrong with cigarettes and then Stanford just you know kind of Makes her feel good about herself and say, at least it's not dolls. I mean, I'm glad they're trying to incorporate Stanford, but I still feel the storyline was weird. But Can I, sorry, I should have mentioned it when you were talking about it. The whole doll thing. I was, I was actually thinking, like, if I met a man who, like, collected dolls, would that be a deal breaker for me? And I honestly don't think it would. My deal breaker is the fact that this man has them displayed on his bed like yeah. creepy because people collect things i don't think there's unless it's like harmful or just straight up murdery and weird i'd like people collect things they do so that wasn't my issue was the fact that they were all lined up on his bed yes. <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah the fact that he takes them off carefully each time that to me is like crossing the line but 
my issue wasn't the fact that he was collecting dolls or how he treated them that was what was weird to me but absolutely i agree yeah and i think the fact that he was treating them like they were actual human beings Mm -hmm. that was kind of crazy so we're back at steve and miranda they're in the house at this point i actually thought they had moved in together yeah it did kind of look a bit like that didn't it yeah because last episode that's what they were talked about i thought they had but i wasn't sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they were quick on it so um he asked miranda and says okay it's go time it's time to go watch him shoot hoops and miranda says uh no i can't go i'm dismissed uh she was being dismissive about it she had like a whole work thing that you know they sent in this brief she has to have it ready by monday but steve is not having it and he asked miranda like um you promised that you were gonna go like why can't we go miranda's like what is with the attitude and steve says i've asked you for not much the one thing that i ask you to that you say you don't want to i've been to so many law things and we always do what you want and then to make it worse she says again why are you getting upset it's just a stupid half court shot and then steve storms off but then he comes back he said it's not stupid to me slams the ball storms off but then he comes back to ask her like why are you always pessimistic and if this is going to work i'm going to need you to believe in us more and even if it's not us like you need to believe in me even if it's fucking stupid and this is why steve is my favorite guy on this show steve takes no prisoners i don't care if you think i'm a bartender i'm a thing i'm still a human being and i have rights and i have rights to things that i want and he's vocal about it so what do you think yes but this is just me like my overly sensitive side coming out i didn't like the way he said it i liked what he was saying but i didn't like the way he was saying because in my head i was like okay you need to like get some bass out of your voice and calm down because she clearly was swamped but i think it's a fair point like you can take an hour or two he's not going to kill you to support him yes it's dumb but just go support him so i was 100 percent with what he said but i know me personally the way he said it would have had me like very upset <laughs> which is un- which is understandable i think uh-huh. the thing was that it wasn't just about this incident because yeah. he did mention that in general, she's just pessimistic about them. Like, I think at some point he mentioned, we can't moving together. This is not going to work. This is a, like, no matter how, even if you're with someone positive, it's going to take a toll on them where they yeah. have to keep accommodating for your pessimism. So it was just yeah. a whole, you know, he's not a saint. Yeah. He's a human being. So I think. Yeah, that, let's say, yeah. What he said was right. But yeah, that, I'm just saying me personally, some people don't have issues with that, you know? I think we've spoken about this just like me and you before, like how people fight. Some people are fine with like the screaming and the shouting or like just saying things so it's out in the open. I'm a sensitive person. Like how you say things to me matters <laughs> just as, as much as what you're saying. Because if you're not saying it in a way I'm going to receive, I'm not even going to listen to it. So everyone's different. Yeah. So he goes and we see her show up at the basketball it was like an outdoor court and she's cheering him on actually doing the most but still she's cheering him on and then carrie tells us that steve did not make the money shot but miranda showing up made him feel like a million bucks yeah or cute. cute so carrie shows up at aiden's store and 
She looked amazing. And she's like in a white, I thought it was a white tank top, but I think it was just a white sleeveless shirt. And mm-hmm. pink pants that fit her amazingly. Better than the outfit she was wearing the first scene. That patchwork coat was not doing it for me. But yeah, she looked mm-hmm. great. And the flowers that Nana told us about last week, she didn't forget that. She had this huge purple flower just sitting on her boob. I'll tell so you, it was a movement, okay? It was a movement. <laughs> so she tells him that she'll negotiate a deal on quitting and then lies that she's really a social smoker. So they decide to go out on a date to go, and then their date goes longer than expected. It was one of those just a movie, then a movie, and then um, they're walking, and she's struggling, but she decides that, you know, she's not going to give up potential for a cigarette, and they continue, and then um, Aiden asks her if she'd like to get a bite to eat, and then she's like, okay, sure. So we move on back to um, Samantha and Siobhan. They're at a club and Adina meets up with them and they're arguing and Adina tells her like, what is she doing here that she's, she's never gonna, that Samantha is never going to understand what it takes. And it doesn't matter how many JLo dresses she wears. And I will reference that because Samantha is literally wearing black underwear and strips of cloth is what I would call it, because she's trying too hard, and to her, that is what black means, I guess. Yeah. So, And I should also add that I do feel, I don't know if this is a popular or an unpopular opinion, I just feel like the actress who played Adina did not do a good job. I think that it was just terrible acting all around. Yeah. So, <laughs> they start arguing that, you know, this is a black thing, and she needs to leave. And Samantha is, is leaving, but as she leaves, she realizes that she's never backed down, and she comes back to her, and she says, no matter what color, no one has the right to tell me who to fuck, which is correct. Mm-hmm. And Adina fires back and is like, get your little white pussy away from my brother. Mm-hmm. And then Samantha says, get your big black ass away from me. And I'm like, Adina is nowhere big. Adina has nowhere much of a black ass, so you just know it's just a stereotype. Yep. And then she adds that your okra wasn't all that. And then she walks away, and Adina has grabbed her hair and pulled her back. And then Siobhan comes back. And Siobhan is explaining to Samantha how Adina has always been there. For At this point, I think at the fight, the whole club has stopped. If it was 2021, the phones would have been out recording. Yep for world star hip-hop <laughs> but um Siobhan is explaining to Samantha how Adina has always been there for him since their mom died and she has her issues but Samantha didn't have to insult her food okay that is not the bone <laughs> the point right now <laughs> he tells her that she means the world to him but Adina is his blood yep. Carrie tells us that at that moment Samantha realizes that oh child her issue was not her little white pussy. It was that Siobhan had a big black pussy and wouldn't stand up to his sister. Ah. I've said everything I need to say. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say anymore. It was just, Because I'm really trying to like put myself back in the shoes of, what, 2000. I still don't think I would have liked it in 2000. I'm not even going to lie. I don't think it's even a passage of time thing. I just thought it was so awkwardly handled. It was just not. Anyway, it wasn't it. But yeah, anyway, I just thought, Samantha, you've had a lucky escape because there's always going to be a problem. 
when like siblings are close like that and one person doesn't like you, it's gonna be an issue, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Like when a, a guy's mother doesn't like you and he's super close to his mom, even if he stands up to her and like defends you, it's still gonna be an issue. <laughs> so it is. It yeah. is. But I, I am I am gonna say like I don't I still agree with Samantha that Adina shouldn't have this much say. I mean, we've talked it to death. Like, it should be more than just she's white. But she should also have expressed herself to Siobhan. Yes. I don't understand what you're getting all of it in Samantha. At the end of the day, your goal should be him being happy and what he wants to do. And if it's such a big deal, let him know. Let him make his choice. So. But the thing is saying this is clearly not the first time Adina's done this. I bet Adina does this regularly, whether Siobhan's girlfriends are white, black, Latino, Asian, whatever. I bet you she does this regularly. If she sees a girl that, I think she's fine if they're just fucking, but if she can sense that her brother actually likes a person and she doesn't approve, I bet you this isn't the first time she's warned somebody off. It's just Samantha is a bit more, you know, confident, so she stands up for herself more. So that's why it's become like a public fight. But I I will bet like a big amount of money on the fact that this is not the first time Adina has done this. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Samantha realizes that that was her deal breaker and she walks away. She has a funny, um, I'm, I'm, I'm that bitch walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samantha just but, glides. There's a lot of swing too. Yes. So, and I feel her, that is a big deal breaker. If yeah. someone can't stand up for you, no, nope, you're yeah. better off. Yeah, it is, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing where usually you find cases where it's like, oh, you don't want to be in the middle of your mom or family mm-hmm. member and fight that battle all the time. So yeah. So we're back at the date with Carrie and Aiden. At this point, Carrie is shaking, like her legs are just like shaking at dinner, and she's ready to go smoke the emergency cigarette that she has in her purse. Um, the waitress comes and is like, would you like to look at the dessert menu? Aiden is like, you know what? I'll look at it. And Carrie just bursts out. I have a deadline. <laughs> she was then- pissing me off. Like, Carrie, <laughs> just why don't you try honesty sometimes? Why don't you just, just try it out and see? Like, I would, if I was in her shoes, I would have been like, hey, okay, smoking is a big, like a deal breaker. I'm going to at least try to quit. It's going to be hard. I'm just letting you know. Like, just be open with him. Why are you expecting so much? I know. Like, how dare I? But yeah, sorry. (laughs) Continue. So, um, he, Aiden is trying to walk with her, but she's like, nah. And then she leaves so fast, like a junkie, that she forgets her jacket. So she goes to the side of the road, and the cigarette falls to the pavement, and Carrie actually still picks it up. And tears it apart to light it up just it as It doesn't fall just on the pavement. It falls in a puddle. Yeah, it does. It oh, does. God. It was very gross. But that's how you know, like, she's a true addict. For someone who lied that she's a social smoker. And she lights it up as Aiden finds her and tells her, like, I think we might have a problem. You think? <laughs> so they go home. We see Carrie at home. And she's in front of the mirror, and she's like, you know, it was too bad that it had to end. They had good times, and sure, they could have had more, but it's over. And then we see her pour a packet of cigarettes into the toilet and flushes. She puts a patch on and says, in the end, she did it for herself. 
she just hopes that he's worth it which to me is contradictory because if you did it for yourself why do you hope he's worth it so she's not doing it for herself (laughs) carrie's not lying you're doing it because it's another guy you're trying to impress and maybe her friends collectively telling her they hate it was also another nod but she's not doing any of this for herself so yeah she still doesn't see a problem with smoking so yeah and that's how the episode ends but i do want to add that that scene where carrie is going on about you know she want to quit because of herself not because of him i actually do agree with carrie about that like again smoking is nasty smoking is whatever but you should always do stuff on your own terms Mm -hmm. so that whatever happens after it's not contingent on whoever or whatever you did it for it's your choice he Mm -hmm. has made his stance clear i cannot be with a smoker he's giving you a chance because you said you were gonna quit if you know you can't quit, there are a million and one men in New York. Carrie, you do not have a problem meeting men. Yep. What is your fixation on getting people that you are not good with? Like, oh. yeah. It has to be that one. Like, come on. Carrie, you're, you're on a different date, like, every episode, fam. It, I don't get it, but yeah. <laughs> to each their own. And it's not even like, clearly they get along, there's a spark, there's a crush, but I don't see it as like, you know, the life-changer kind of love yet. So if it's a problem, this is a perfect time to bow out on both their sides, you know? But yeah, yeah, that was the episode. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. So I hope the next one follows through. I think this is a good pick-me-up. Yeah, from some of the duds we've been having. I still had plenty of issues with it, but it's better than (laughs) what we've had. Yeah. yeah, Tane, can you please tell the people where to find us? Yes, you can find us at the Rewatch Times 2. That's T H E R E W A T C H. That's our handle on Instagram, handle on Twitter. And you could also send us an email at gmail.com with that handle. And please don't forget to um, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five star rating. We'd really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.